Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. This is your brother Mikail Ahmed Smith here from Qalam. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, please donate to Qalam by visiting supportqalam.com. We love being able to share this content for free, and your donation ensures that we will always be able to do so. Each podcast we produce has thousands of lis- listeners, so the support you give to this community in this effort brings immense reward. You never know who will benefit from your donation. Assalamu alaikum. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Wa salatu wa salam ala Sayyidina wa Nabiyyina Mawlana Muhammad wa ala Ali wa sahbihi wa sallam. Allahumma inna nas'aluka hubbak wa hubba man yuhibbuk wa hubba amalin yuqarribuna ila hubbik. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his love. We ask him for the love of those who love who he loves. And we ask him for the love of those actions which will gain his love, inshallah ta'ala. Um, our intention, inshallah, as always, is to come together um, and to benefit from one another's suhbah and company and to benefit from a book written by Ibn Qayyim al Jawziya rahimahullah ta'ala, called Jawab al Kafi, the perfect answer. When he was asked the question about a person who's stuck in a sin and can't get out of that sin, um, he wrote this entire book explaining how evil and detrimental to our spiritual development and our spiritual well-being um, ma'asi or sins are. Um, and also teaching us how to relieve ourselves or uh, break free from the uh, imprisonment of sin um, that we find ourselves in many times. Um, so it's been about three weeks now since we last had our gathering, and I think our hearts were kind of like, yo, it's time, right? Yeah, alhamdulillah, right? Alhamdulillah. Um, So, alhamdulillah, Allah brought us all back safely, alhamdulillah. Um, So, nabda, inshallah, I just want to um, kind of recap, because it's been like a two-week waqfa, a two-week break, Um, I just want to back up a bit so everyone understands where we're at in the book. So, about... About five weeks ago, um, in the session that we had, I think it was session maybe 11 or 12. Yeah, no, no, I'm talking about before that. Yeah. So about five sessions, five sessions back, Ibn Qayyim al-Jawzi now started to talk about very, very serious sins. Very, very serious sins. And of course, he talked about ship. He talked about qatal, murder, bloodshed, right? And then he talked about zina, right? Fornication. Um, and he uh, decided to go a little deeper into Zena and spoke about four things that had to be uh, protected in order for us to protect ourselves from Zena specifically, but uh, sins in general. Like four things we had to protect ourselves from in order to, to guard ourselves from falling into sin. Uh, does anyone remember those, those four things? Okay. Yeah, so the first one, Ibn Qayyim, I'll go through all of them because it seems like it's been a minute, right? Everybody's like, yo, what you talking about, yo? I remember what I had for lunch today, like you talking about five weeks ago, right? So, so Ibn Qayyim al-Jawzi, what he said was, there are four areas that you have to have control over them, right? You have to be the malik or the master over them or they will master you, control you. Either you will control them or they will control you. And what they were, the first one was the gaze. He was like, the gaze has to be controlled. 
Because if you don't control the gaze, then you'll drive yourself insane because you'll see so many things that are off limits to you, so many things that you desire but you can't have, and so on and so forth. And he spoke about how important it was to actually protect your gaze. And he wasn't just speaking about the opposite gender and looking at haram and uh, halal. He was talking about even just the things you allow yourself to see. And we went in depth and talked about how uh, advertisement and media is used to create desires inside of us, right? And we know that now. It's, it's part of the science of marketing, right? You create a desire in a person that they never even knew they had before, but the way you make it into their heart is through the eyes. That's the way you come in. So he said, you have to learn how to control those eyes. You have to control what you allow to come inside of you. So that was the first thing. He said, nadarat. Then he said, the very next thing that's important to protect is the khatarat, right? The khatarat, the thoughts that you allow your mind to think about. Um, and this was the last session we had, um, and it was about controlling your, your, your mind and making sure you allow your mind to think about what you want it to, to focus on and not where, let your mind just roam wherever it's roaming as you're driving down the 360. You know, your mind's just everywhere or nowhere, right? But rather, what Ibn Qayyim and Josie was saying that no, you have to control where your thoughts go. And you have to control what thoughts you allow to, 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 to uh, be entertained inside of your mind. And that was the last uh, class uh, that we had. Uh, it was a beautiful session. That was session 13. So if you missed that session, um, the podcast is there and the video is there as well. So I highly recommend that uh, you watch that class, inshallah ta'ala. Um, so that was our last class where Ibn Qayyim al-Jawzi speaks about uh, al-khatarat, controlling the brain, controlling the mind, um, and not allowing shaitan or your nafs to just let it go wherever it wants to go. Now, the third one is where we're at today. The third one is where we're at today. And he says, al-lafdhat, lafdhat, or the words, speech, the words that you allow to come out of your mouth. He says, this is very important, he says, amma al-lafdhat, fahifduha, he says, you have to protect your tongue. You have to protect your tongue. Um, and the way you protect it is you never let something slip out of it that is, is wasteful or not some type of benefit. Never let something slip out of it that doesn't have benefit. Right? And, and one of the scholars said, you have to remember this though. Remember this. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blessed you with two ears and one tongue. Because most of your benefit will come from learning how to listen. Most of your benefit will come if you learn how to listen more than we learn how to speak. Right? So it's very important that we pay attention to what he's saying here. But he, then he says, the Let not yourself speak except in things that you see there's benefit in your deen or your dunya in. There has to be some benefit in it, some faida, some blessing in it. So now he gives you stages when you speak. He's like, he's teaching us to always have the mind, uh, the speech behind the mind, and not the mind behind the speech. Have your mind, your speech behind your aqal. Meaning, where your, where your aqal is, your speech follows that. Not that you say something and then after that you're like, oh man. Dang, shouldn't have said that, right? But rather, 
The speech is following behind what your aql wanted to say, what your what your mind wanted to say. So he gives it like a, a um, like a, a flow chart, or you know, a, a, what's it called? Troubleshooting on how you should check what you should say. So he says, when you get this urge to speak, what do you do? First thing, nadar. Is there benefit in this or not? First thing first. First thing first. Find this, is there benefit? So he says, Just drop it right there. Leave it. No point to say it. If there's benefit in it, now, do you just say it? No. He says, next step. He says, is there actually something that is more beneficial that you could say instead of that? You know what I'm saying? So I walk in the door, right? And I come home and I'm like, yo, honey. She's probably, you know, watching face, watching it live right now. I could be like, did you have a good day today, right? Now that's good, right? But I could be like, wow, yo, you look amazing today. Is that new eyeshadow? Or like, I don't know. Is that a new blouse? Like, I, I never pick up the new blouses, man. You know what I'm saying? What? Like, yo, they rock a new scarf. You gotta catch that, yo. You gotta be quick. You gotta be quick. They buy more than Yo, but still, you gotta be, as soon as it goes, your mom rocks a new scarf, yo. Your wife. You gotta pick it up right away, bro. And you gotta call it out. You gotta be like, yo. That looks legit. <laughs> now see see now there's I could have just been like hey how's your day today now that's good it would have gave some benefit but then I'd be like oh no there's something more beneficial right I can get points here <laughs> with Allah right with Allah <laughs> with Allah I don't know if she's watching <laughs> <laughs> so but the point here before we go forward we have to understand words are powerful yo Yo, the, the, the cut of the sword heals, but the cut of the tongue doesn't heal. The same way with beneficial. Words are powerful, man. Words are powerful. Yo, Isa, I can make you turn red right now, bro. Easily. Easily. We know how handsome you are. Yo, right? We know. Look at him. He's, he's uncomfortable in his seat because of some words. Right? Masha Allah, right? Masha Allah. <laughs> Mexican shine, yo. <laughs> no, seriously, seriously, yo, words are powerful, guys. Words are powerful. And that's why he's gonna narrate a hadith, right? I want I want to read this hadith to you. Um Rasul Sallam, so many ahadith. Rasul Sallam, he said. He was asked, what's the primary reason why people will go to the hellfire? Like, what's the main thing? Like, what's really the main thing? So the Prophet said, He said, the fun and the faraj, the private parts. Right? In another hadith, Rasul Sallallahu and um, it, it's coming, but yeah, this is the hadith. We don't know how people are impacted by our words. We don't realize how much potential a simple word has. 
the hadith, listen to this hadith that the Rasul says. He says, Indeed a person says a word, just a statement, that Allah loves. Like, mom, you look amazing today. Mom, I love you so much. You just call up mom out of the blue, like, mom, yo, tell your mom, yo, the shy is amazing, yo, nasha. For real, tell her like the whole, right, yo? Yeah. Right? So I'm playing. Tell her, yo, Jazakallah khayr. Yeah. The whole majid is drinking a shy, we love it. Now, yeah. Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, I want you to understand a word that pleases Allah is not always just like SubhanAllah. When we say a word that pleases Allah, we're like, oh, he wants us to do dhikr. No, I want you to speak khayr. Right? I want you to recognize khayr and speak, yo, come forward, inshallah. No one's sitting in the doorway, man. Come, come. Jazakallah khayr. So, Rasul says, this person, this amazing hadith, person says this word that is from the, the pleasure of Allah, the, the guy doesn't even think about what he said. Like he says it, he didn't even think twice. He didn't even realize what he said. Because of that one word, he'll come on Yom Al-Qiyamah, You'll see his position just going up, 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 up. Everybody's like, yo, what's going on, bro? What you do? Like, I don't even know. And he finds out it's because of that one word he said to, to mom or whoever, right? And then the hadith, but 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 see, whatever is powerful, whatever has potential for benefit has potential for amazing loss too. That's the rule. Whatever you can gain amazing benefit, dunya or deen. They're like, yo, you going in 50-50, you might lose it. But if we hit it, yo, we're good. That's how it is. Al-kharj bid-dama. It's a usul. That benefit has to be with the... Uh, huh? Risk of loss. The risk of loss, exactly. So same thing with the word. Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, ah, but on the on the axe, on the opposite, وَإِنَّ الْعَبْلَ يَتَكَلَّمْ بِكَلِمًا Sometimes you spit out a word. Right? Sometimes you spit out a word. And that's why Imam Shafi, he says, Al-lafda, right? Like, what does the, the, the verb lafda mean? It actually means to throw. Right? So the, the kelima is something that, the word is something that when it comes out, Imam Shafi says, it's like an arrow on a, on a bow. Once you let go, there's no catching that. Yo, I don't care who you are, man. You're not catching it. It's gone. Right? That's why it's called love, because you threw it, it's gone. So he says, Indeed, a person says a statement, that Allah hates. Allah hates. You can think to yourself what that may be, right? But sometimes it's just a, a ill comment to somebody, right? Sometimes it's, it's not recognizing your pop's rights or your mother's rights. Or your sisters, right? You said that one time, like, Mom, I don't care. And it just broke her heart. And you didn't even think about it. You went on with the rest of your day. Right? I'm not calling you out like you said it. Just... <laughs> Sometimes, you know, Allah puts something in your heart to say. And Allah needs you to hear that, yo. Like, you said something to Mom the other day. You didn't even think twice. But Mom was broke because of that heart was broke, 
Rasulullah said, La yulqalaha bad. You didn't even do twice about it. Yahwi biha fi. Yahwi, this person falls 70, 70 levels lower in the hellfire because of that one word. Right? The, the point I'm trying to say is like, you got to really understand words are powerful, man. Words are powerful. So, so what he's trying to say here is guard that, right? Realize, right? That Allah has blessed you. In Surah Rahman, what does Allah say? Allamahu bayan. Right? Allamahu bayan. Right? Allah taught man how to speak. That was the blessing we had. You know, I heard Sheikh Hamza Yusuf say something like, you know, we teach, we strive so hard to teach a child how to speak. But after that, it's all about learning how not to speak. <laughs> after that, because, see, what we're going to talk about later is when you study, when you really realize how important this topic is, it's actually a separate dars on its own, guys. This topic right here, how to speak and what not to say and what to say, is a, dars, is a, is a series on its own. Fiqhul lisan. You talk about fiqh of prayer. Everybody learns fiqh of salah. Okay. Again, fiqh of salah. Fiqh of tahara. You got to learn fiqh of lisan. What you can say, what you can't say, is lying haram? Mm -hmm. Not always. Not always. Right? You got to learn, you got to learn the fiqh of it. That's what I'm trying to say, right? You got to learn that. Brother's like, what? What type of life? <laughs> <laughs> No, we'll see. She's listening. Huh? She's listening. <laughs> Sister Susan, man. Faqiha, yo. <laughs> Suzanne, I'm sorry. Okay. So, so what is he saying here? Look. He says, Now here's the dangerous part. You know how they say check yourself before you wreck yourself? You better check what you talk a lot about. Right? Check what you talk a lot about. You know why? He says, If you want to know what's inside somebody's heart, just let them talk. The example he gives, he goes, Yahya bin Mu'ad says, Yeah, the, the, the hearts are like a qidr, a pot, a kettle. It just boils with what's in it. Right? It's just whatever's in it is going to boil up. The tongue is the, cat, is the top, the lid. Once you open it up, the only thing that comes out is what's inside of it. So he says, Look at a person when they speak. Watch, just sit back and see what Isa's talking about, yo. What's up? Right? I'm sorry I'm picking on you, man. I love you, bro. Lies. What's up, yo? <laughs> yo, he says, Fandor, it's that good love, yo, that good love, yo. And the Mexican love, yo. Fandor, listen to this. He says, Fandor, look at a person when they speak. He says, Like, يغترف means like to scoop up, like a ladle. He says, the tongue is like a ladle. It just scoops up from the, from the pot. And what's the pot? The heart. He says, Ulwan, Hamid, sweet, bitter, Adbun, Ujaj, a sweet, sour, whatever it is, Wa Ghayru Dalika, whatever's in the heart. Wa yubayinu laka. 
You'll get the flavor of the, of the heart by the, scoop, the spoons from the tongue. Just the same way you taste the food from a pot with the spoon that you have on your shelf. So, so for me, it's like, yo, what am I talking about, yo? What do I talk about all day? Like I called a friend. Like I hadn't talked to him for like six months, right? <clears throat> but he's one of those cool friends that you can hit up after six months. He's like, yeah, what's going on, yo? Yeah. Like you're tight, so even six months doesn't really phase you too much. You know what I mean? You know some people you don't call in a day, they're like, why you ain't call me today? Like, I was like living a little bit. Right? So you call those people like every day. Like, until you can space it out to three days, and then you can space it out to four days. Alright, never mind. Anyway. <laughs> you feel me, right? Okay, so this is one of those friends that we talk every like four months. Okay? So but when I was talking, he's like, bro, everything you just said was the same conversation from six months ago. So I was kind of like, yeah, I guess nothing changed in my life, bro. I'm the same lame cat I was six months ago, but, right? But he was just like, yo, nothing's, you're the same dude, yo, mashallah. Like, not, whatever was in your heart is what's going to come out on the top, right? You know, talking about this, talking about that, talking about a house, talking about this, whatever. Whatever it is, is just going to come out at that time, right? So this is what he's saying here. And the way I say you use this is don't use this to judge other people, everyone. Like, this is for you. This is for you. Like, what am I talking about all day? Right? What is it that I'm always posting about? By the way, al-kitaba kal khifaba. That's a usul in deen. What does that mean? That means written. the written is like what's, like in the sharia, the written word and the spoken word have the same weight. Yeah, like if you wrote a letter to someone, I'm marrying you, and she's like, I'm gonna marry you too. Right, writing it, it's done. Like it's two other witnesses, like, I saw this, I saw that, right, I guess, right? Or, you know, you're like, now the love, somebody wrote like divorce, like read that, right? It'll happen still. The point is though, like, because a lot of our communication, we communicate way more than societies would ever have imagined. Like the number of characters we speak, like, we drop characters like nothing. But each of those characters is, is you gotta like answer for that though. You gotta, each of those characters, you gotta give a, a justification for it, right? Right? You gotta give a justification for why you, you said that character, you shared that character. You know what I mean? So, so focus on that. Understand that that. Uh, that written word has the same weight as the spoken word and uh, whatever you're posting all, all the time that also is showing what's in the heart as well so he continues he's explaining he says listen there's a hadith where the prophet said the iman your faith can never be straight it will never be straight it will never be like right on until your heart is right on, straight, right? When the heart is right on, then what? The iman, it'll be straight. But then he says, But the heart won't ever be straight until what? Until the tongue is straight too. So what I find here is interesting. You may have noticed a, a bit of like, wait, does the heart, does the tongue just speak what's in the heart? But this hadith is kind of saying the other way as well, right? That the tongue actually affects what's in the heart as well. 
Well, see, that's why we have this concept of dhikr, of Allah, right? Because this concept of dhikr, of Allah, is like, like even, if you, if, even if you don't have that in your heart, by your heart constantly hearing that, when you do dhikr, you're the first one that hears that as well, right? So you're, when you're saying the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when you're glorifying Allah, when you're listening to positive things, or saying positive things, you're the first one that gets the benefit from that because you're the first one that actually hears it before everyone else. Even if it's a split second before everyone else. Right? When I say something beneficial, I get the benefit from that. So Rasul is saying, look, you want to correct your deen? Look at your heart, yo. But you want to know what your heart is on? Look at your tongue. That's the key. Check your tongue. What, are your, what is your tongue saying? And everybody gonna get up from this much. It's gonna be all quiet. <laughs> nah, but for real, we need moments of. See, this is the thing, though. We 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 don't have silence no more. Where where do you get silence at now? Where do you get moments of of nothing? Just you and and just even just time for you to be silent, because when you when you're quiet, again you're listening. And in that silence, you find the voice of Allah, yo. I'm serious. When you're silent, you, you find that, that voice of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? But all we do is we keep talking. Right? And we never allow ourselves to listen. Right? Even the point where someone's talking to us and I'm already thinking of what I'm about to say already. I didn't even listen to you. So even when I'm feigning silence, I'm, I'm preparing speech. You know what I'm saying? Even when I'm quiet, I'm actually just thinking about what I'm going to say next. If I could, I'd just keep talking. SubhanAllah, Allah give us tawfiq, man. I really, I really admire people who have that natural... Um, yeah, and, but also a natural like uh, um, quietness. Like, I've always been the kid in class who my mom got the report, talks too much. Right? And I always admired those people who were more reflective more, and more observant. Personally, I'm speaking straight from my personal, you know, I've admired that. I've never been that person, and I've always tried to be, right? Right? I've always tried to be, but I admire that because, yo, these words are heavy, yo, Malkiyama, right? That's all. These words, each one of them, is heavy, Okay, let's read a, a little more, inshallah ta'ala. He says, he's like, yo, وَمِنَ الْعَجَبِ It's crazy. And then insan, that a person is all careful about their diet and what they eat and all their calories. And they're worried about oppressing people and drinking khamar. They're worried about looking at all this. But, وَيَسْلَدُ عَلَيْهِ تَحَقُّ at, uh, uh, he says, but they don't even care about what the angels take up from their speech. And he's like, you'll see some of the most righteous people. Listen to this. A person who's pointed at in deen. That means someone well known in deen. Like, yo, that's what you call it. Right? Wallahi, I've seen this man. He's like, you'll see people who are yushiru fi deen. Like, yo, that's what you call it, yo. 
But when it comes to like what comes out the mouth, right? What comes out the mouth, we don't even care. Like you'll call the habad, you say whatever, you're like, yo, dang, I don't speak like that. Right? Okay, so again, he's explaining how, how deep this is. I'm going to go forward, inshallah. So then moving forward, inshallah, he gives a lot of hadith. I'm not going to read all of these hadith, right? Um, Well-known hadith. I have to say this hadith, though. He says, look at this hadith where the Prophet said them. He said, whoever believes in Allah in the last day, say, say good things, man. I'll just be silent, right? Silent. But again, that silence is powerful. But in the case that you have good inside of you to say, let that good come out. Because people will benefit and you will benefit from that good constantly. Rasul Sallallahu he said, a man asked the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, قل لي Tell me something, Ya Rasulullah. لا أسأل عنها أحد بعدك. I don't gotta ask nobody, nothing after you. Like Sahaba were so... I don't want to say this with no adab. They reminded me of like brothers I used to know. Like the way... <sighs> they were... Huh? Shameless? Not, not, see, I didn't want to... Like, yeah, yeah. They were like... They would just say it. Blunt. Straight up. Right? They didn't like... Whatever. Like, hey, you know, can you give me some... No. He said, Ya Rasulullah, tell me something. I don't got to speak to nobody after you. Just tell me something. I don't have to talk to this dude, this dude, this dude. Right? So he says, Ya Rasulullah, Tell me something that I don't have to ask anyone after you for more details. He said, He said to him, Say Allah, then stay on the path. Say, I believe in Allah, and then stay on the path. That's it. He said, Ya Rasulullah, what's the thing you fear most for me? What's the thing you fear most for me? Rasul said in the hadith said, he grabbed his tongue, he grabbed his tongue, he said, Hada, Hada, this, this. Right? SubhanAllah. Rasul grabbed his own tongue. He said, Hada, Hada. This is Sahih Hadith. Okay, so going forward, he says, <clears throat> he says, when it comes to Lisan, he says it has two major elements. Write these down, please. There are two major elements of the afat. Afatu lisan. He said there's two. Afatan, adimatan. Now, what he means by elements, he means problems with speech, problems with the tongue. Now, before I tell you these two, Imam Ghazali in Ihya al-Madin, how many you think he wrote? How many elements of the tongue? 5, 10, 15, 20. That's why I said this is a science in itself. What this means is Imam Ghazali rahimahullah, taught you 20 things that you would have to protect your tongue from. Each of them, we would need two sessions to cover. You want to at least know what they are? I'm just going to tell you what they are with no explanation. That means don't ask no questions. Because then we're going to need a session for it. Maybe that's our second session after this, right? Yeah. All right. I'll tell you what they are. Number one. I'll say it in Arabic and say it in English. Kalam fi ma la ya'ni. 
speaking in things that don't concern you. Just like, whatever. I, I don't know. You can think of something. Number two, fudul al kalam, excessive speech. Can you be quiet? <laughs> right? Three, kalam fil ma'asi, speaking about sinful things. You know, like rap. <laughs> Some of it. A lot of music. But I know what I'm talking about. I can only, you know, like, I didn't listen to country music, so I don't know. You know what I'm saying? I ain't picking on rap. I just know what I used to, you know what I mean? Like, but it's everywhere, obviously. Come on now. Okay. Alright. You're so politically incorrect around here, man. Like, Okay. <laughs> Number four, mara'a wal jadal, argumentation, argumentation and debates. Number five, khusuma. This means like disputes, similar but it's different. Khusuma disputes, disputation. Number six, taqarra fil kalam. It means to uh, try to try to beautify your speech. And be like a, a beautiful orator. You know how you like, you know what I'm saying? Again, we have to study it, right? We gotta study it. What was the Arabic Number seven, al fuhush, sab lisan, like speaking indecency and uh, swearing. Right? We've seen this all week. Oh my God. Right? Number eight, line. You know, sending curse on things. Like, damn, this, that, right, whatever. Number nine, rina. Singing and poetry. Now, there's nothing wrong with it, but you gotta learn the rulings with it, right? Well, whatever. Again, we'd have to talk about them. Because <laughs> obviously the pups doesn't have a poet, right? So there's detail to them. It's nuanced, right? Yeah. Okay. Number 10, mizah, excessive joking. Again, just learning how. Sukhriya, making fun of people, picking on people. What number was that? 12. Ifsha'u spreading secrets. Somebody, girl, don't tell nobody. And you go like, don't tell nobody. <laughs> In the whole room, just tell nobody. <laughs> What's up? My bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> Number 13. No. Uh, that was, uh, 13. Number 13, I'm going to... Wa'adul Kadir, false promises. Number 14, just lying. But it's not always... It's not always... It's, you got to learn, there's a lot of detail to it. Number 15, probably the only one all of us would have said. Ghiba. We just got to Ghiba after 15. Right? Number 16, Ghiba is backbiting. Yo, one thing I want to say, yo, um, yo, 
just because someone is a political or a public figure, don't mean riba is okay. I don't know why we like think it's like they're not gonna be there on Yom Al Qiyamah and be like, um, Ya Allah. I don't care if he's Muslim or not. We gotta be very careful about who we backbite. Because why would you even wish it? Like, subhanAllah. Someone asked Imam Abu Hanifa, I heard you backbit. I heard you, you were backbiting me. It's like, I don't love you enough to backbite you. <laughs> I don't love, if I backbite anyone, I backbite my mom. So she can have my deeds. I don't love you that much. <laughs> <laughs> right? So my point is like I know they're public figures and we feel like the way the media and the West treat them is that oh since they're in the limelight we can say whatever we want. Oh her dress is ugly, her dress is nice. No. That's not our norms. That's not our standard. That's a human being nonetheless. They go through depression nonetheless. They go through hardship nonetheless. So whether or not they're a public figure does not make it allow for us to backbite them and speak negative of them. If they're a political ruler, you are still, they're still a human being. You can speak about their policies, you can speak about what they do wrong, you can speak about their injustice. But to just backbite the person for no reason other than to make fun of them, you're gonna have to answer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for that. That's what I'm saying, yo, we gotta be careful, yo. Alright, number 16. I know, man. Namima. Namima. Namima is like when you t take something and you start to spread it amongst people, but it, it, none of it was true. Slander. Uh huh? It's like a type of slander. It's like. Tailbearing? Tailbearing. It's like to take a, a thing and it's like cause dissension amongst people. You'd be like, yo, did you hear what uh, Abdullah. I'm doing the brothers now. <laughs> Did you hear what Brother Abdullah said about thing? Oh, man. And then you go to Sa'im and you're like, yo, Sa'im. And it's true. You're like, Sa'im, yo. Abdullah was saying, yo, you, man. Yo. It's all true. It's all true. The, the, the crazy thing is, you're allowed to lie and do the opposite. You're allowed in Sharia to go to Sa'im. And make up something and say, did you, did you know that this brother just said this about you? Complete lie. And then go to the other brother, you know, you know Sa'im just said about you? Complete lie. And then they both like, yo, what's going on, man? I love you, man. Alhamdulillah. Hopefully they never bring up that thing. That <laughs> <laughs> Point being, shara'an, it's okay. It's sulah bain and nas. You're doing sulah. It's for a, a greater good. For a greater good. Yeah. That's the thing. And in this case, you're telling the truth. But the point is to break them. Again, I don't want to go into all of these. I'm so sorry, right? But these are, it's just really interesting topic. But it's about learning how to speak. That's my point. We teach a child how to speak. But after that, when you become a Muslim, you got to learn how, what to say and how to say it. You got to learn for every time there's a, a, something you should say. Right? Not just du'as, but amongst people. All right, how many is that? Okay, so like, okay, I, I didn't write all of them. The next one is like, kalam dil lisanain, double talk. Double talk. Like, I say something to you, 
but I mean something else, but you understand it another way, and I do it on purpose that way. Politically, we do that all the time, right? Double talk, right? All right? Or I don't mean what I say. I say something. You know I don't mean it. I know I don't mean it, but I say it anyway. Is right? that kind of like, like a white lie or like a half-truth? That would be... Yeah, that may fit in this one. Like yeah. I only say like part of it so that they only can understand that, but then... Yes, 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 that would fit here. Like, yeah, you only say part... Well, that sometimes is okay. That would go under line. But that is the type of lie that is sometimes okay to do. Right, like, so the Prophet Sallallahu was like running away during Hijrah, and they are like looking for him, and they know he has him and another person with him. So somebody stops them, they don't recognize them, and they're like, hey, you know, where are you from? And they're like, yo, we're from water, right? And then he's like, who's this guy? He's like, oh, this is my guide, Hadi. He's my guide. He's showing me the way. You get it? Yeah. Like, <laughs> my bad. I'm glad you said that, actually, right? So, like, the person stopped them and is like, who, who are, who's this guy with you? He's like, that's my guy. Abu Bakr said it. Yes. Abu Bakr said it. Yes. About the prophet said it. So, technically, it's his guy, but he can't be like, he's my guy to Jannah. Because like, oh, we got you guys then, right? That's not okay. That's okay. Abu Bakr did it. Well, and number 17, you're saying it's not. Yeah, no, so that's a type of line that's okay, right? Okay. A type of white line that's okay. But, so we're not going, I'm not trying to go into these too deep, right? I just want you to be aware of how deep. Um, so another one is madah, madah, praising people, right? Like, it's very important. We, like, a lot of times I feel we're very stingy with the praise. Like, but it's very important to give praise. People need praise, man. You tell someone you look good today, uh, yo, that's a, that's, a, that's a nice jacket. That's a, whatever. It boosts people, man, for that whole day. It boosts people. Are, you never know how bad someone's day is. And that one positive word you said of praise boosted them, made them feel so good. Right? And now they're cheesing the whole rest of the day. Like, <laughs> right? They left the house feeling horrible. And you said one word. You walked past, like, yo, looking good, man. Yo, putting on, yo, you, yo, you getting strong? Yo, you in the weights? And he's like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the whole rest of the day, the dude's walking around like, but he feels good. And you were the cause of that person feeling good. What if it's not true what you said? But see, does it have to be always, right? Do you have to speak the truth all the time? Do I have to be like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No, do you have to? Why would I speak? Whether it's true or not, my goal is to boost you up, right? Now, I should learn how to see the beauty in places. Like, I should learn. I should develop eyes that see good, right? Where I don't have to lie, right? The, uh, Isa, there's a narration that Isa, salam, he was, I told you guys this before. He was walking past a dead mule with the disciples. A dead mule. And he stopped them there. And they're all like, oh my God, it stinks so bad. And he's like, yeah, but look how white the teeth are. Like, he found good in a dead mule, a carcass. He's like, look how white his teeth are. Right? So we should develop eyes that see good and so you don't have to lie. But even if you did do that, that person's whole day for the rest of the day is, is boosted, right? So if your intention was to make them feel better about themselves, yeah. then lying is okay in that situation? Generally speaking, right? Generally, generally, yeah, yeah, right? You can make your intention, right? You gotta like... 
But yeah, for sure. You know what I'm saying? No. I just had a clarification. One second, please. So is madah going to be so sufficient praise or overpraise? No. See, that's what I'm saying. When you start to study how to how to speak, as we're talking, right? Madah is praising people. There are hadith that what what are some hadith about praising people that you guys know? Don't praise any people. It cuts their. It's like cutting their throat. If someone praises you, throw dirt in their face. Why? Because in order for someone to keep becoming better and better and better, if they feel they've reached completion, they stop gains. Right? Right? So you can also stop someone from becoming a better person, a better writer, a better whatever it may be, by praising too much. But what I was saying is, at the same time, we live in a time now where everyone is ragging on everybody. Everyone is finding faults in people. No one's saying good stuff to anyone. So now is the time where you need to realize people are hurting and need to hear good things. Like a parent, you can say good things to your, your child. Many children don't get that. Right? I heard there's one culture, I ain't gonna call them out. <laughs> but they actually like call the child ugly. Right? In order to protect from like I <laughs> <laughs> please don't say it. Please don't say it. They like say the child is like the opposite, right? In order to protect from like iron and stuff like that. All I'm saying is it's okay to praise and we should praise each other in a in a way that doesn't lead to to like uh, arrogance and pride and things like that. But again, my point, brothers and sisters, was like, this is something you would learn when we study deeper about the fiqh al-lisan, like uh, that aspect of the sharia. Okay? Uh, there's a few more, inshallah. I didn't write all of them down, inshallah, but that's it. Okay, so back to this. What's wrong? Like an incomplete list. <laughs> 19 and 20. Okay, I got two more for you right now. I got two more. If I am a Josie, rahimahullah, he says there's two more. Oh, wait, no. I thought the Al-Ghazali had 20. Nah, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> I said I got 20. <laughs> Look, he says, hold on, when he says, in min He says, if you get rid of one, the other one you might fall into. Number one, he says, these are afas of the of the tongue. Afatul kalam and afatul sukut. The, the ailment or calamity of speech and the other of silence. What does he mean? Silence, he says, sometimes there's a situation where you're supposed to speak up. You're supposed to say the truth. You're supposed to say something. But you stay quiet. You don't speak when you're supposed to. You fall into the apa, the ailment of silence, when you're supposed to have the courage to speak up and say something about a situation. I mean, it happens all the bystander effect. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's, yeah so that's sukut. Because when you were supposed to speak, you didn't speak. Right? You didn't have that courage. And then he says, is the exact opposite. The times when you're supposed to be quiet, when you're supposed to not say something, when you're supposed to be benefiting and listening, you start running your mouth. Right? So Ibn Qayyim al-Jawzi, he says, these are the two ways that you can look at how the tongue can trouble you is by understanding these two types of aspects of the tongue. So speaking, and one of the ways, I'll tell you an easy way. 
what my teacher told me. Guys, I'm gonna share what my teacher gave me, and it's helped me a lot. When you're, this is for me. It may help some of you, it may not, okay? When your nuts wants to talk, shut up. When your nuts doesn't wanna talk, talk. Okay. <laughs> your nuts, right? It's itching. I gotta say something. I gotta say something. Just be quiet. How do you know that's not the angel So you gotta get connected to yourself, though. <laughs> yeah, you gotta connect to yourself more, right? Like, you should, you should get to the point where you can feel. This is Shaitan. This is. Not, not just, not just Shaitan. It's more like. Ego. My ego wants to talk. My ego wants the mic right now. Right? So when the ego wants wants the attention, wants it, he was like, just be quiet. Don't don't follow it. Don't and when the ego just like, no man, just be quiet. No, speak up then. Speak up. It's hard. Because it, it requires you kind of knowing who you are a bit deeper. Okay? It's, it requires you knowing yourself a bit deeper. Can you say it again? When your nuts wants to speak, when your nuts wants to, don't. And when your nuts doesn't want to speak, then force it to speak. But that's the general rule when working with your nups. Always do the opposite of it. Always. Okay, let's go forward. I have a bit more, though. What time is it? Recording. No, you're good. Is anyone recording? Okay. Oh, my God. I was just wanting 7 and 12. Okay. I have a recording. You do? Yeah. Come close. Bring it closer, if you don't mind. Um, brother, can you grab it? I'm not sure. <laughs> Okay, so listen, there are four things that have to be controlled, right? We said the gaze, the mind, the gaze, the mind has to be controlled, and now we learned the tongue has to be controlled. Four things, correct? Three things. The fourth thing, and last, is what he says, khatalat, steps, steps. Now, the way I would put this, and the way he explains it, is that there's two movements, there's two slips. There's the slip of the step and the slip of the tongue. These are two movements that need to be controlled. The tongue, and, and, and when he says katawat, what I want you to understand is actions. It's not just your feet steps, what control where your feet go. No, he's talking about control your actions. So now what does he say? Amal katawat, Don't move towards anything don't be involved in anything except something that you hope for good from it. Thawab. There's reward coming from it. If there's no more reward in that action, it's better to sit down. Right? It's better to sit down. I think this is important too because a lot of times we just do stuff for the sake of doing. You know what I'm saying? We just go out for the sake of going. We just do stuff for the sake of doing. We don't really look at if there's khair in it, if there's benefit in it. So he says, He says, now what you can do is at least whatever steps you're taking, find an intention in them that you can make to make it for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I'll say that again. He's like, don't lift a step. Don't walk a step unless that step is increasing you in reward. Now you may be like, yo, what are you talking about? I gotta go to work. What are you talking about? Right? I gotta go to school. But that's fine. 
Because if the intention is truly there, you're cognizant of the intention. Like as you're walking through the campus, as you're walking around at work, you're cognizant of each step. Yo, I'm doing this, right? Because I'm trying to feed Kossum at home, yo. That's it. Each of these steps, Kossum is my son, right? Uh, each step is, and my girls too. I know, I know it's coming. That's why I'm ahead of it, right? So, so each of those steps, right? There's a there's a motivation, there's an intention with each of those steps. That each of these steps is to put a, a morsel of food in the refrigerator or in the mouth of one of my children. Now that's korba with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's the, one of the greatest qurba, right? That's one of the greatest righteous deeds that a person can make, right? Right? You're doing it something to please your parents, right? At each of those steps is the greatest steps you can make, right? So he says, listen. He says, walam, we're almost done, okay, inshallah. He says, walama kanat atharatu atharatain. Because there's only two types of slips. Atharatu rajal, rajal, wa atharatu lisan. Because there's only two types of slips. Slips of the foot and slips of the tongue. Both of them come together in the Quran. What? The tongue and the footsteps. Look what Allah says. What's next? Speech. Right? So what's connected? Speech and steps. Because those are the two things that slip up. Allah says they have istiqama in their speech and in their steps. Remember, their movement. Whatever movement you're making, you're making it with the intention is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whatever movement, right? And I'm, yo, honestly, like every movement, you're going to the gym. A lot of us go to the gym to work out, whatever, right? That's for Allah. Allah says your body has a right on you. I'm fulfilling that right right now. Protect your family. There you go, right there. Going to the range, right, bro? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got quiet, right? Well, uh, liberals are thinking. <laughs> Yo, I'm, I'm sorry. Today is like, man. The energy in here is mashallah. Maybe it's the break, right? Yeah, it's the break. Mashallah. We're almost done, inshallah. كما جمع بين اللفظات والخطرات في قول تعالى يعلم خائنة الأعين وما تخفي الصدور. The same way Allah connected the نظرة with the خطرة. Allah says يعلم يعلم خائنة الأعين وما تخفي الصدور. Allah knows what the eye looks at and what's in the heart, in the chest. So those first two are connected, and the second two are connected as well. We'll stop here. Ibn Qayyim al Jozi here. What was he doing? Our next section is about awaqib zina wa uqubatiha. The effects of zina and, and the, the, the uh, awaqib, what comes from zina. The reason why we're talking about zina is if you're following the course, what he's doing is he's going through sin by sin, <clears throat> explaining the effect of it on us and on society. And when he started zina, he said, hey, I'm going to teach you four things. If you protect them, it will protect you from zina for sure, but everything else. Watch what you look at. Watch what you think about. Watch what you say. Watch where you walk. 
you control these things, you're running the show. If you control these things, Isa, you Khalifa, yo. What do I mean by that? See, see, Khalifa is the one in charge. But the problem with most of us is our desires are Khalifa over us. We're not Khalifa over the desires. So once you break free of the desire, you're no longer a slave of the desire, you master it. So you fit that category of a human being because you master it. Otherwise, the desire is dragging you around like this dog that's stronger than the owner. Right? Or the horse that you can't control. So you want that position of Khalifa? Allah said, I'm creating a Khalifa. You want that position? You have to master yourself first. Once you master yourself, what you look at, what you think about, what you say, and where you move, once you master that, it's done. Black belt. Islam. Allah we ask you to guide us, Ya Rabbil Alameen, and know what Kulubana Binuri Ya Allah, enlighten our hearts with the nur of knowing you, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Ya Allah, we ask you to heal those of us that are sick, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Ya Allah, we ask you to forgive us of our sins, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Ya Allah, we ask you to make this a gathering by means we get, by which we get closer to you, Ya Rabbil Alameen. That we know you better, Ya Allah. That we better understand ourselves, Ya Allah. So that we can become better servants of you, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, whatever sins we have committed, we ask you, Ya Allah. We turn to you, Ya Allah. We ask you, please forgive our sins, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Ya Allah, those of our family members who have passed away, Ya Allah, we ask you to forgive them and give them Jannah to Firdaus, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Ya Allah, those of our family members who are not even Muslim yet, Ya Allah, we ask you guide them, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, give them Iman, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, make them, make them the best of Muslims, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Ya Allah, we ask you to accept this gathering and give us many more like this, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Ya Allah, we thank you and do shukr to you, Ya Allah, for this gathering, Ya Allah. Wa akhru da'wana and alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen. Jazakallah khair, inshaAllah.